Chapter Six of the Film of Fear by Arnold Fredericks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six. Duval's ride back to town with Mrs. Morton and Ruth was quite uneventful. The latter, as she had explained, was ill, weak, indisposed to talk. Duval and Mrs. Morton kept up a brisk conversation upon topics of the day but both knew that it was of the girl they were thinking and their interest in the subjects they discussed was clearly forced both were glad when the car at last stopped before the apartment building and the long ride was over mrs morton invited duval to come in and dine with them and he promptly accepted ruth seemed indifferent Assisted by her maid, she left the car, and on reaching the apartment, at once went to her room. "'You will excuse me, I know,' she said to Duval. "'I am tired out, and think I had better lie down at once. Nora will bring me some dinner,' she said, turning to her mother. Duval and Mrs. Morton ate their dinner in silence. Some sense of oppression, of impending evil, hung over them both. Mrs. Morton left the table toward the close of the meal and went to her daughter's room. With the solicitude of the typical mother, she arranged the windows. That opening to the fire escape she raised to its full height. The one facing upon the court she left as it was, raised some six or eight inches. Then, having kissed her daughter good night, she returned to the library, where Duval sat smoking a cigar. Ruth has gone to bed, she told him. Both of the windows in her room are open, the one on the fire escape wide, the other partially raised. Duval looked at her with an expression of doubt. I think it would be better for the present, he said, to close and fasten the one opening on the fire escape. We cannot tell to what danger your daughter may be exposed. Mrs. Morton rose and left the room. I will do as you advise, she said. Going to Ruth's bedroom, she closed and fastened the window in question. Then she went back to the library. Have you hit upon any theory to account for the sending of the letters? she asked. Duval shook his head. The whole thing is very mysterious, he said. Of course, it was easy enough for anyone to leave the photograph at the studio this afternoon. In fact, it might readily have been done by one of the other actresses who might be jealous of your daughter's success but if the thing was done by anyone employed at the studio how can we account for the message left in the bedroom at half-past nine this morning the one we found on the floor if the woman who was responsible for these threats was at the studio this morning how could she arrange to have the note left in your daughter's bedroom here at the same hour that would seem to imply a confederate i confess that the entire matter is for the moment beyond me were you able to find out anything concerning the telegram which came this morning nothing except that it was sent by a woman i was not surprised to learn that naturally i should expect that a woman was responsible for these threats but what woman 
That is the question. He sat for a long time, thinking, his eyes fixed upon the floor. Suddenly there came a ring at the doorbell. Mrs. Morton, without waiting for the maid, sprang to the hall, with Duval close at her heels. As she threw it open, they saw a man standing in the doorway. Duval was the first to recognize their caller. "'Oh, how do you do, Mr. Baker?' he said, holding out his hand. Mr. Baker came in and greeted Mrs. Morton. "'I didn't expect to find Mr. Duval here,' he said. "'In fact, I came to you to get his hotel address. Luckily, I won't need it now.' "'Anything new?' Duval asked as they returned to the library. "'Nothing much. I got those samples of the writing of the various typewriters, as you requested,' Baker replied. "'And I thought that instead of waiting until tomorrow, it would be better to bring them to you tonight.' He took a sheaf of papers from his pocket. There are thirty-two in all. What are you going to do with them? He placed the papers in Duval's hand. The latter sat down at the library table and placed the sheets of paper before him. Of course you know, he said to Baker, that every typewriting machine has its unmistakable peculiarities. It is almost impossible to find a machine that has been used at all, that has not developed certain individual defects or qualities found in no other machine. Now let us take, for instance, the letters that Miss Morton has received during the past few days. They have all been written on the same machine, and I am of the opinion that it is a fairly old one. While going out to the studio this afternoon, I worked out and wrote down in my notebook the particular features which appear in all these letters. He took a small leather-covered book from his pocket. In the first place, he said, the letter A throughout the several communications is always found to be out of line. The key bar is doubtless a trifle bent. Let us therefore see if in any of the samples you have brought me there exists a similar defect. He took the samples of writing, one by one, and after scrutinizing them carefully, passed them over to Baker, who likewise subjected them to a critical examination. When their work was completed, it was found that, of the thirty-two samples, the displacement of the letter A occurred in but three and in one of these it was so slight as to be scarcely noticeable. Duval laid the three pages to one side. A second fault shown in the typewriting of these letters, he said, is to be found in the capital W. Its lower right-hand corner has been worn or broken off, so that it invariably fails to register. He handed one of the letters to Baker see here and here the corner of the w instead of being clear and distinct is blunt and defective let us see whether a similar fault is to be found on any one of these three samples he picked up the three sheets of paper that he had placed to one side as he examined them mr baker and mrs morton saw a shadow of disappointment cross his face. 
he handed the three pages to baker the threatening letters were not written on any machine at your studio he said baker took the pages and looked them over carefully no he said at length you are right none of these show the second defect you have named well observed duval cheerfully we have accomplished something at least we know that these letters were not written at the studio and it seems reasonably certain that the woman we are looking for has a typewriter in her rooms or wherever she may live of course she might have had the typewriting done by some public stenographer but i consider it unlikely a person sending threats of this character would not be apt to entrust so dangerous a secret to a third person we must therefore make up our minds to find a woman who has a typewriting machine and knows how to use it there are probably a hundred thousand such women in new york baker observed gloomily no doubt but we have more information than that about the person who sent these letters what asked baker and mrs morton in a breath well in the first place this woman was able to secure possession of a photograph of miss morton he took the hideously distorted picture from his pocket do either of you know where this photograph was made mrs morton examined the picture with a shudder then she rose went to a cabinet at the other end of the room and took out an album returning to the table she placed the book before her and began to turn the pages in a few moments she found what she was looking for a duplicate of the likeness which lay before them with the exception of course of its frightful distortions this picture was made by gibson on fifth avenue she said referring to the photograph in the book both baker and duval saw at once that on the retouched picture the name of the photographer had been scratched off how many of them were made and what became of them duval asked quickly ordinarily i would not answer such a question mrs morton replied for ruth has had many photographs taken and we have not of course kept a record of them or what has become of them but in this particular case i happen to remember that she did not like the pose particularly and ordered but half a dozen i do not think she gave any of them away if i am right in my supposition there should be but five more in the apartment closing the book mrs morton went to the cabinet again and took out a portfolio containing numberless photographs of her daughter in all sorts of poses after some searching she produced a brown paper envelope containing a number of pictures all taken by the same photographer at the same time there were in the envelope four copies of the photograph the fifth of which was contained in the album evidently one has been given away duval exclaimed now if we can find out to whom our search for the writer of these letters may be very quickly ended mr baker regarded them both with a puzzled look i have seen that picture before he said and of course i could not have done so had i not seen the one that is missing he sat for a while in silence 
searching his recollection for a solution of the problem. Suddenly he spoke. There was a picture like that in my office at one time, he exclaimed. Miss Morton sent a number down for advertising purposes, and I am positive that this one was among them. I remember distinctly the pose of the head, the unusual arrangement of the hair. That photograph should be in our files. The fact that it has been taken out shows that the person who has been writing these letters is a member of our own staff, or at least has access to our files. That does not necessarily follow, observed Duval. Why not? Because the picture might have been obtained from the photographer. But they are not allowed to dispose of the portraits of others without the sitter's permission. I know that. But they sometimes do, especially in the case of anyone so well known as Miss Morton. She has become a sort of public character. Well, remarked Duval, we can readily find out in the morning. You, Mr. Baker, can you go through your files, and should you find the photograph to be there, I will take the matter up with the photographer. If, on the contrary, the picture is missing, it will be fairly conclusive evidence that the person or persons we are looking for are in some way connected with the studio. I will make an investigation the first thing in the morning, Mr. Baker announced, rising. Do you expect to be at the studio early, Mr. Duval? Yes, uh, quite early. Then we had best leave matters until then. Good night. Good night, Mrs. Morton. He turned and started toward the door. He had proceeded but a few steps when the three occupants of the room were startled by a series of sudden and agonizing cries. From the rear of the apartment came a succession of screams so piercing in their intensity so filled with horror that they found themselves for a moment unable to stir. Then Mrs. Morton gave a cry of anguish and darted out into the hall, closely followed by Duval and Mr. Baker. The screams continued, filling the entire apartment with their clamor. That the voice which uttered them was that of Ruth Morton, none of the three doubted for a moment. With sinking hearts they went on, prepared for the worst. Duval found himself dreading the moment when they should reach the bedroom door and face the girl, her beauty perhaps disfigured beyond all recognition. There was a sharp turn at the end of the hall into a shorter cross-hall, at the end of which was the door of Ruth's bedroom. It was closed, but as though in response to Mrs. Morton's agonized appeals, it suddenly opened as they reached it, and Ruth Morton, pale as death, appeared. With wide-open eyes staring straight ahead, she half-stepped, half-fell through the doorway, her slender figure clothed only in her nightdress. Mrs. Morton screamed as she caught sight of her daughter. The girl tried to say something, but her tongue failed her. Then, with a faint moan, she lurched forward and fell limply into her mother's arms. End of chapter 6